Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Warning. The cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the tri- for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion. Unless they have been through court and they have been convicted. Please understand that moving forward. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Manor Park Podcast. This podcast covers rape and pedophilia cases, as well as highlight organizations that make it their mission in this world to fight for children. I appreciate you clicking on to my podcast and listening to these episodes. I also have survivor interviews that I share as well, which can be very graphic and heavy. But it's much needed to be heard in this day and age. Because, like a lot of people, I myself was not aware of how troubling and how deep this issue really was. Until I started hearing survivors and listening to the heinous and horrific things they went through. So thank you for clicking on this podcast and listening to these stories. While I know they're deep and disturbing, we need to know what goes on with the victims and survivors and what they went through. So that we can try to identify the problem. And then we can figure out how to solve the problem. My podcast is not for the light of heart. It's not for the faint-hearted at all. It's not for anybody with a weak stomach. These stories will change you mentally. They will make you question your faith. They will make you wonder, why is it that the systems that are in place do not protect children and do not give justice to survivors? And that's what I want it to do. I want it to make you think. I want it to make you go and be curious enough to do the research as well and to go out there and seek the answers and find the truth to all of this because somebody has to. I myself is just a man who was tired of seeing these babies being harmed and from there it grew and I found out so many different traumas that I never knew existed. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Thank you for supporting me. It does mean a lot, and it's much appreciated. And I'm glad to know that since I've started this journey, there are so many individuals out there that care about protecting children and helping survivors like I do. With that, here's the latest episode. Hey, everybody. So this is not going to be a normal episode. 
for Man Apart Podcast. In fact, I'm dropping this as a bonus episode, and I'll tell you why. When me and Sabrina Young interviewed Gabby from The Wolf Project, Sabrina told Gabby what it was like to be in the TTI and what the TTI is and what her experiences were. So while it didn't pertain really to The Wolf Project, per se, I didn't want to delete that bit of information because I thought it was important to keep around, but yet it did not fit, you know, editorial wise into the episode. And so I want to make the main focus of my interviews about the interviewee, not the interviewers. I talked to Sabrina the other night and I said, you know, I really, I really liked what you did with that and I want to keep it. So I said, Hey, I think I'm going to just take this portion out, but I don't want to delete it. You know, I want to, it's really good stuff. So I'm going to make a bonus episode. She was all for it. She said, please do. I really appreciate that. So, Sabrina, you get your own little, the first ever on the podcast, you get your own little bonus episode. And this is not, this is not going to be dropped on Friday. In fact, at the time of this recording, it's probably going to be dropped right when I, right after I get finished recording this and wrapping it up. And I just wanted y'all to have a little nugget from the Wolf Project Part 2 interview and just enjoy it, you know, and, and, and get to hear from a TTI survivor and if y'all don't know what the TTI is stands for the troubled teen industry I've had multiple interviews on on this podcast describing what their experiences were like and some of them are heinous and horrible some of them are not as heinous or as horrible but they're all horrible either way I don't want to sit there and invalidate or minimize you know minimize somebody's experiences because they were all horrible experiences these individuals had in their life as children as young teenagers and so it's good that y'all hear these stories. And for somebody like Gabby, who doesn't know what the TTI is, it was good to hear Sabrina explain that to somebody who's never heard of it, just like I did. And pretty much she explained it the same way to Gabby like she did to me. So I hope you enjoy this bonus episode. And please keep you know following, subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't left a review... Please give me a review. I don't care if it's one star or five stars. Give me an honest review. And you'll start to see a little bit more of the ability if you're on Spotify to interact with me. I'll have questions. I'm going to have polls out there so that you can vote on certain things. Like uh, the one I dropped last week about Jared Fogle. I put a poll out there that said, do you think Jared Fogle deserves a death penalty or not? I had one person that said yes. 100% yes. So... And I'm glad whoever interacted with that, I appreciate you doing that. Y'all just keep interacting. You can find me on TikTok and on Facebook and uh, here on this podcast. Now, I got some other good news as well. Just to give, before we drop this episode and you hear this uh, portion of that interview, uh, the podcast is going to be added to iHeartRadio and Amazon Music as well. So... Whenever you see this on social media, share it with your friends. Let them know, hey, a Man Apart podcast, a guy who speaks on pedophile and rape cases and has survivors interviewed on his podcast, trying to give survivors a voice. Please share it with people. It really mean a lot for me, and it would help out the podcast and help it grow, and I can help other survivors as, along the way. I don't do this for the fame. I don't do this for the money, because I promise you, uh, the money is not what y'all think it is in a podcast but at the same time this is my labor of love and I love helping people and I love giving people a voice when they have been denied that voice for so long so 
enjoy this little bonus episode and get a sneak peek of what you're about to see Friday on the Wolf Project interview. I'm interested to hear a little bit more about the troubled teen um, and the adoption abuse. Like what, what is your experience with that? Like what, what's going on? What do I need to know about that? So um, I was adopted when I was adopted. My uh, mother um, was able to give me up for adoption without my father's consent. And when um, he saw well, a friend of his saw her on the beach, they had asked like, Hey, where's this baby? And she's like, Oh, she died of heart complications. I buried her in Georgia somewhere. So this whole time my dad thought I was dead. Um, and then I had to do ancestry tests in order to find out because my adoption is a closed adoption. Well, my adoptive mother was schizophrenic, bipolar, unmedicated. Um, and she was very sadistic and abused us, um, for years, abused me for 11 and a half years. Um, cracked my head open with a rock hammer, uh, tried, uh, did waterboard me with a two liter bottle of ginger ale, heinous wow. abusive acts. I actually wrote a book <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. And uh, so then um, I was uh, sexually um, molested several times. Um, She would allow strangers to come live with us and rent a room in our house, which was the garage that she turned into a bedroom and she would let them babysit. And so my earliest memory of being um, sexually abused was like four or five years old. Oh my God. Um, And so this continued. And then when I was 10 and a half years old, I got abused by a 16 year old um, and he would let his friends do things with to me um, when they would pick me up from school. And I um, spoke up about it. And um, one of the teenage daughters that was living in the house with me at the time, because I was living with my aunt Connie, um, told her mother and she told my adoptive mother, well, instead of getting me treatment and making sure I was okay, I started wet in the bed. She would abuse me further. Um, and uh, she sent me to live with another aunt. Um, no therapy, nothing. So this aunt was a Christian, but it was one of those extreme evangelistic Christians. Um, Mm -hmm. and she sent me away to what's called the trouble teen industry. Um, and it was a girl's program to help wayward girls. Um, I was 11 years old at the time, 11. I was still playing with Barbies. I was reading American (laughs) girl books. I, you know, the sneakiest thing I ever did was going off to the library to check out Harry Potter and read it because I wasn't allowed to because it had witchcraft in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, you know I, mean? I, I was not a, a super bad kid. Yeah, I was annoying what 11-year-old isn't, but mm-hmm. I was not a bad kid. Um, and so within these programs I went to, um, I was actually trafficked. It's uh, benefits trafficking. It's legal trafficking um, to five different programs. For, so for six years of my life, I was in the trouble teen industry. And mine were all faith-based um, and there were cults. Um, and what I define as a cult is not just based upon its weirdness. Like it just makes it weird. I mm-hmm. base it upon its power to control and mm-hmm. everything was controlled. Everything was censored. Um, there girls that were kidnapped. There was girls that were sold into Mexico and did sex slavery, um, out of Corpus Christi, um, babies being sold illegally. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, there are kids that are dying in these programs for medical neglect. We don't get to go to the hospital. We don't get to go to the doctor. Um, everything, everything's, um, censored. There's no way to contact your family or anything from the outside world, letters, everything. As soon as you try to tell your family on the phone, they hang up on you. And then they'll tell your family like, oh, well, she's acting out. She's lying to try to get out of here. Um, I was severely abused. I wasn't allowed to take a shower for three and a half months, even while I was administrating. Um, I was starved. 
Um, I was sleep deprived. I have um, post-traumatic stress um, syndrome or complex PTSD, um, borderline personality disorder from childhood trauma. My husband, we we make jokes about it because before I was adopted, my name was Renisha Renee after my sister that passed away when she was seven years old. Well, then when I got adopted, my adoptive mother changed it to Sabrina. So sometimes my husband want to have a split. Be like, oh, that was Renisha. That's <laughs> like, not Sabrina. <laughs> so oh I, I wanted to joke about it. So I tried to joke about, you know, my trauma. But at the same time, I tried to make people aware about it um, because this stuff is going on. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like, I might be the only person you know who's been through adoption abuse, who's been through mm-hmm. the trouble teen. I know thousands, mm-hmm. thousands of people. So, and it's personal for me. And I feel yeah. like there's not enough people in this world. It's like, oh, God, those little st- dog commercials on TV. It's like, oh, that sucks. That's sad. Oh, well, it's not happening to me. So, right. you know, they go right. about their day. Well, I can't stop thinking about this stuff. It keeps me up at night. So I know that it's my calling. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. it, and I, yeah. I think about, like, my own daughter. Like, she's wanting to go um, – to this competition for business professionals of America um, for her school. And she gets to go to Anaheim, California. Well, she has a um, online boyfriend and she's like, well, his mom, you know, wants him, uh, wants to come so we can meet in person. She's, you know, dated him since she was 14 and he's a real child. I did background check and all that stuff. Cause you know, people are slick and they use kids to mm-hmm. bang children. Yeah. And I said, Aaliyah, you're not going to meet with this boy and his mom unless I'm there. I said, so I guess you need to help mommy get a plane ticket to go to Anaheim if you go. She's like, okay, mom, you know, I'm all for you doing, you know, these things because she's almost 18 years old, but I want you to do it in a safe way. And it's mm-hmm. my job to teach her and protect her from those dangers. And, you know, you, and I don't want her to just go off and move to Oregon and then guess what? Something happened to her. So, yeah. you know, you, you got to do these things. And I was overly protective about it. And she was like, here. You're just so overly protective because of things that happen to you. Yes. Yes, I am. That is why I because am. They, you know. be, because they still happen. They're, They're still, still going happen. on, if not yeah. if not getting worse. I mean, I wasn't letting her have go to sleepovers. And she was like, yeah. why can my friends come here? Because I know what goes on in this house. I know your dad's not going to go touch some little girls in there. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to do that stuff. I said, I don't know what goes on in that house. That, that's yeah. why, <laughs> you know, so... And, and, and you know, yeah. and, and y'all know the, the the reason I started this this podcast that- especially was because of these stories and and the the I think the straw that broke the camel's back for me was Ezekiel Harry down here in Homa, Louisiana. That was the little boy, little two year old baby that got beat to death by his mama's boyfriend. And instead of mama helping, you know, call the cops or call the ambulance or anything like that, she helped her boyfriend take her dead son's body, put it in a duffel bag walk around the streets of home of Louisiana for a couple hours until they, they found a trash can then threw that duffel bag with that baby's body in a trash can that, but uh. that fucking broke me. That was like, you know what? Enough's enough. I, I was hearing story after story, abuse story after abuse story on different, on another podcast. And I, I, you know, and then seeing all these articles, these babies down just locally around here in Baton Rouge being, you know, being dead or, or molested or, or all these other things. I'm like, this shit's got to fucking stop. We have got and to if make people a stand. really knew how much this goes on. Like it just isn't on the news every day. It goes on. more. No. There's, there'll be multiple all day coverage. Um, you know, the system entirely is broken. Uh, I can pick out flaws in, in, in the trouble teen industry, adoption industry, foster care, 
Um, we've got a doctor here in, in, in my town that when his foster children turn 18, he drops them off at the Dollar General store. Are you kidding me? Dead serious. Yeah, um, there's that. articles, there's news articles where you get to rehome your kids via Facebook marketplace. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yes. It, it, and I, I try to advocate strongly against that and get people aware. And it's like, oh, no, you're bitter. So I'm not bitter. I'm 36 years old. I'm, I'm no longer, it's not about bitterness. It's about accountability and opening your eyes to seeing that these things are going on. It's not right. Um, you can't just rehome a child. And, yeah. and then, that, you know, they'll have them do like little parades where um, it's almost like a little fashion show. And they announce like a the kid. Yeah, like a pageant. Announce the kid with their color, their race. And you get to bring the kid home, try them out. And if it don't work out, it's disgusting. No. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, it's That's nothing, why I want, it needs to be more child center based and not about the person wanting to adopt or foster. It should be mm-hmm. solely about what's best for that child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've experienced that myself. And so I just try to, you know, make people aware, um, get parents educated, um, teach them resources on how to look if they're going to send their child to go get help, how to make sure that that program is a good program. There's not too many of them, unfortunately, out there that I have found. Um, but it, you know, there's kids that are dying. I have listed in my mm-hmm. book over 300 children that have died in the troubled teen industry since 1950 up till 2003. And oh that's what this is why I feel like, and I, I learned this, and we all know who TikTok Advocate is, Katie Ray on uh, on TikTok. She said something that was very profound to me one time on a live uh, that she was doing, and I, I believe this to my core, and that's why y'all see me in so many different types of traumas and why, why I put in my bio on my, on my TikTok, I, I want to give a voice to all, you know, all survivors, all traumas, because if your activism is not intersecting, intersectional and interwoven, then what are you really doing? Right. And that's why it's so important for all of us to come together and to, you know, highlight all of our causes and talk about these stories. And it, 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 what it does is it creates, it plants a seed in people's minds. You know, you can tell one one molestation story like like when I was, you know, when I was coming up and everything as a young man, an adult, you know, you kind of brush it aside. But it's just like uh, hearing a song on repeat over and over and over on the radio. Eventually, a song gets stuck in your head and you memorize that song. It's the same way with these stories. You get the more the more that people are using their voices and repeating the same pattern, repeating the same story and everything. It gets people wondering what's really going on with all these issues. That's just like with child. Yeah. If you don't speak up and you stay silent about it, it, that's how it continues and it continues. Like in the foster care industry, there's over 150,000 children missing just from the state of Missouri alone. Half of those children are sold into sex slavery. And this yeah. is where, you know, it, this ties into learning how to do this with, you know, Gabrielle and, and learning how to do these things because who's, who's going after the, these people mm-hmm. and these kids? This is someone's child. Yeah, someone's child. 